0: Join From Beer to the Bible every week as Irvin Lee and co-host Sarah Olivera McDonald warn others of the consequences of drug and alcohol addiction by being the voice of faith-based recovery. Every week, Irvin and Sarah help people get access to the treatment and counseling they so desperately need. They explore the depths of addiction and give practical life examples of how to recover and develop a new rhythm of living. The show is gritty, authentic, and simply raw while being rooted in the love, faith, and hope of God. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible.
1: We have an amazing show for you today, and I am your host, Irvin Lee of From Beer to the Bible. You can find us at frombeertothebible.com. You can support us at frombeertothebible.com. Have a amazing young brother and brother, thank you, Lord, that we met. The Lord put us together. And I was at this church and I saw this brother with this amazing energy. I said, I gotta meet that. I gotta meet I that gotta young meet man. That <laughs> and then the the funny thing is, we were doing that thing that people do. Hey man, we need to get together. And you said, no, 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 let's pull out the phones right now and right. exchange <laughs> numbers. So I was so impressed. Uh, so we have my brother Regis. Tell our audience What's about up guys? you. Dude. Hey,
2: my name is Regis Johnson. I am a member at Watermark South Dallas. I am a student at Dallas Theological Seminary. Most importantly, I'm a servant of the Most High God, and yeah. um, I think that's where I put most of my identity in. It's, yeah. He's whose I am. It's yeah, who I am, and um, so I'm just trying to follow the follow the Lord.
1: You and I, we talked about the gift of doubting God. Mm. We're going to let the Holy Spirit lead us, but we're going to kind of frame our conversation around that, that there is this gifting that happens when we doubt God, because God shows up and proves very faithful, right? Extremely faithful. So take us through your testimony and tell us
2: all about Regis. So man, I like to start with the vehicle of my life that was basketball. I remember when I was in the fifth grade and I hear my mom on a phone call. And the phone call is my uncle who happened to be 6'6". Yeah. And he's saying, hey, is Regis playing Is Regis playing basketball? Yeah. At that time I was like in fifth grade and I'm a five, six fifth grader. So I'm pretty tall for, for that young age. And I hadn't played basketball yet at that time. And so I start playing this game. And as I'm playing basketball, I'm starting to find if I put in an hour of work, Mm-hmm. I get an hour better. I can learn how to make these layups and make jump shots. And I'm improving at this game. And I'm starting to see as I improve, I'm getting the approval of man. I'm getting approval of people. And so as I was telling you back at the church, this thing that God had given me as a good gift, he had given mm-hmm. me athletic aptitude. He had given me ability. He had given me capability, slowly became an idol wow. unbeknownst to me. Yeah. And so um, really the journey of my story was I pursued this, vehicle of my life to the utmost that good thing became ultimate and as our friend tim keller said yeah. good thing made ultimate is evil and so i pursued basketball i found myself at the um, collegiate level started out as trying to walk on at abilene christian university okay and the coach calls me into the office at the end of the season when i've been doing practice but i haven't been allowed to travel or get into the game i was always in a polo shirt he calls me into the office and he says, uh, Regis, we have a scholarship to offer you. But that scholarship wasn't to be on the basketball team. The scholarship was to be a manager. Okay. And so I was immensely uh, humbled. <laughs> I felt like this game had let me down. This thing that, was, that I felt all, found all of my identity in had fallen from under me. Did and, you see uh, it
1: coming at all?
2: At, not at all, because I was working so hard. Yeah. Um, I was at the skill sessions. I was competing with the other freshmen on the team. They loved practicing with me. Yeah. And um, it was really a blind side to me, but perhaps it, perhaps there were signs all throughout the season. Yeah. And the blind side was just because I was so zeroed in on that goal of mine. Where was the Lord in all of this at mm, that point? Yeah, good question. Um, so I grew up culturally Christian. I would say um, aware of the Lord, but not in personal relationship with him okay. uh, or personal fellowship. He was yeah. my father. I was saved by grace through faith at, uh, in sixth grade, okay. um, but that profession of faith hadn't become personal. Mm-hmm. Yet, if it, does that makes sense? And so um, in that journey uh, back in 20, I guess that's 2013, 2014 yeah. at Abilene Christian, God was there the whole time, but I wasn't looking for him. I was looking for that rubber ball. I was looking for that game. And so once that that uh, scholarship offer had come to be the manager, yeah. I, instead of going to the God that had always been there, mm-hmm. I went to drinking. I went to marijuana. I went to uh, not being sexually pure with the girlfriends and such that I would have in that time. So it was... Uh, and that's just one valley. I was given the uh, commencement speech at the school that I ended up at, at yeah. Centenary College of Louisiana. And I was talking about how life is the sequence of ebbs and flows um, in Romans 5. We, yeah. Romans 5, we hear that uh, trials lead to perseverance. Yeah. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And that hope does not leave us wanting because of God's love that has been poured out to us by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I didn't know that last part. <laughs> and so I was just, you, you. I was very familiar with the valleys. I yeah. was very familiar with uh. the 15-point game and then the two-point game and yeah. my identity following that sine wave rather than it being tethered and anchored in the identity of Christ. So, Does that
1: for you... Get back to how we all feel like sometimes, even as Christians, that we're performing Mm. for God and we've got to prove to God just how good we are so he'll love us.
2: Man, that performance, uh, the myth of meritocracy, if you yeah. will. We wanna be good enough to get God's good graces. Yeah. And um, man, you're gonna be like, you're spitting scriptures off, spitting scriptures no, off. But uh, one of my it's professors good. is Dr. Kreider. He he always talks about this double grace okay. that um, in Philippians two, you have the scripture that, that us hard workers, we love. Work out your soul salvation with fear and trembling. <laughs> yeah. And Ely, my brother, we think that's where it stops. Uh, We're uh, like, okay, that's the scripture. I'm going to live my life on that internal locus of control. Work, work, work. Grind, grind, grind. But then the next verse, the very next verse says, for it is the Lord who works in you to will and to work and to live according to his purpose. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's a grace that we even have the affection for the things of God. It's mm-hmm. a grace that we even have the cognition for the things of God, let alone the things of God being found in our hands. Yeah. And so in my story, as I get from Abilene Christian, right when that happens, when coach offers me a manager position rather than a position on the team, yeah. I think I got to go. And so I go to Carl Albert State for a tryout, mm-hmm. blow it. I go to Mountain View College for a tryout. They say they're going to redshirt me at the junior college level, and then I go to a workout with my regular coach at Northwest Bible Church, and my regular coach, his name's Braxton, mm-hmm. brings his friend who was the director of basketball operations at Valparaiso. And as I'm working out and I'm having like this this very free workout, I don't feel like any eyes are on me. I'm always with Braxton. Yeah. This workout's going stupendous. It's way better than the first junior college workout, and definitely better than the second junior college workout. But I had no idea that this man that was watching me was a yeah. college coach as well uh-huh and so he had he, he had friends in the college coaching sphere and through conversations through conversations he was like i can find this guy a position on a college team and i'm thinking where did this opportunity come from yeah and what I wanted to do is say Regis has worked out his soul's salvation with fear and trembling through his work, through his effort. He earned uh, this position yeah, at Centenary uh, College of Louisiana, where yeah. I eventually did play college basketball. Yeah. It wasn't me. Did you ever recognize
1: in that, to me, that supernatural yeah. connecting that our father is so good at? Yeah. Did you ever go, wow, this is the divinity and the power of God?
2: Hindsight, 2020. I had no insight in the moment. Okay, Like I said, that good thing became ultimate. So the yeah. thing that was on my the seat of my heart was basketball. Yeah. It was not God. So I was not looking for God's good grace in the midst okay. of my journey. Um, and so as we're talking about this, this gift of doubting God, yeah. I wasn't doubting God's goodness. I was doubting my efficacy as a human being. Mm, right now so, I work as a trainer. Yeah, And so oftentimes I find myself in the conundrum trying to discern why do so many athletes mix the idea of what they do on the court mm-hmm. 20 points in a game what they do on the field yeah. 200 rushing yards what they do on the baseball diamond on base every at, hit, at 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 bat with who they are as people yeah like you see what i'm saying yeah. like a poor game then causes me to be silent with my girlfriend my mother and all the people that came to see me yeah don't tell me good game if i didn't have 10 plus points yeah and it's, it's something that I call conflating the microcosm. Mm. We, we conflate the idea that what we do is who we are. And what we have in our faith is so much greater yeah. than that meritocracy, than that, than that falsehood of doing equals being.
1: We forget. There's two things that this is my experience that I have to remind myself of Yeah, God's grace and God's love. Yeah. Because being a former athlete and you have those moments almost as an athlete, I would say, because we both played in college. Yeah. It's we're trained. The fans love you when you had a good game. Man, I did not even like going into the football office if I gave up a touchdown, I yeah. had one mistake. bad game. One mistake. Man, that whole week, like you said, yeah. I don't want to talk to anybody. I did not want to call home. Yeah. I was like, I got to get back on the field. I got to prove that I'm not a scrub. Yeah. Right? But, man, it's competitive at the college level. You Absolutely. You have good, you have bad. It's actually a lot like life. Mm-hmm. And the adjustment is hard. Because yeah. the, the reason you make it to college is you've what? You put in hard work, effort, work and training. Yeah. So we've trained ourselves also mentally. Yeah. Everyone loves me when I'm scoring touchdowns or I'm I'm scoring 20 points. Yeah. They don't love me as much. And then what happened to me, the up and downs of life, I'm looking up at the father acting like he's a fan yeah. instead of a father.
2: And And that was like... We talk about how can we learn a spiritual truth in a mm-hmm. physical circumstance? Irvin, my parents would come to the game and I would do, in my eyes, mediocre. Mm-hmm. You know what they would say. Good game. Wow. There was nothing more yeah, that yeah, frustrated like, me than a good game yeah. when I know I had two turnovers, yeah. one assist, five yeah. points, and a couple of rebounds. That is not a good game. You are lying to me. Yeah. But
1: you know what? Maybe they were looking exactly, and maybe they were looking at it through the lens of God asked us to do our best. My best may not look like your best, (laughs) And In their mind, they like, look, you you did your best. You played hard, right? That was my dad, and I love your parents because my dad was. It, he was like, "Hey, you know, you rounded off that route. It was never really good enough." I love him. Love you, Dad. This <laughs> is how you were. It, I could never be good enough. Yeah. So what happened was that'll start to fester and build resentments. At yeah. least they were just like taking the other, the other approach. I'm right. gonna call it giving you that love,
2: and 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 it, it, that microcosm connects. Like that small world connects to how God is. Yeah. It's like He. The double grace works this way. We work out our soul salvation with fear and trembling, as in we don't work from grace. I mean, we don't work for grace. We work from grace. We Mm -hmm. we are attempting, Mm -hmm. at the best of our ability, Mm -hmm. to live the life that Christ has called us to. We are increasing in faith and in goodness and in knowledge like we see in 2 Peter. But when we don't, Ephesians 2.8 still stands. Mm-hmm. You're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And it's not by Regis yeah, and it is not by Irvin. Why? No. So that we can't boast. We boast in Christ, but then verse 10 still applies. Yeah. We are created in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. We are God's handiwork to do good works that he has set aside for us to do. So we're not saved just for the sake of sitting around, yeah. laying around, or sinning, or definitely. Yeah, <laughs> and you see, yeah, you know yeah, Romans sure six one. God
1: will give you grace, and the enemy uses that. Yeah, you oh, know, oh, yeah. he's like, "Go ahead." You oh know, yeah. God has grace. He'll forgive you for that. Absolutely. I've heard that voice yeah. uh, several times.
2: And so that was part of my descent, I believe, from any affection with basketball. So I ended okay. up at Centenary College and I'm playing uh I'm playing ball. I'm doing mediocre. I'm a captain on the team.
1: Mm-hmm. Um
2: I was a utility player, defensive player. We were talking about Draymond Green before the show started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like I was a five foot eleven Draymond Green uh, basically. Shout out Draymond. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm I'm playing this game. I'm playing this game. And I, I had become the guy where, with the ebbs and flow of my performance, would mm-hmm. also come the ebb and flow of my faithfulness in the spirit. Yeah. Like, I would pray before the game if on our game and on Monday, I yeah. had a great game, or on our practice on Thursday, yeah. I had had a great game. But then also, I was the same guy at the turn up on Saturday, yeah. at the party, at the drinking, in my girlfriend's room. Mm-hmm. And it got to this point where I was—I knew I was living such of this double life, such of this ebb and flow—that I started not even wanting to profess my faith because I felt like I couldn't live up to everything that God had called me to be. I couldn't live up to being God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do yeah. good works. Yeah. And that—that that left me in a tailspin, mm-hmm. especially once this game of basketball got knocked off of the seat of my heart. So. Played that freshman year, played that sophomore year, played that junior year. And the season's going relatively good. It's going relatively well. And yet I feel less fulfilled that all of this hard work that I've put in is not producing dividends. Or or is not producing dividends, but it's not producing like a feeling of satisfaction. No fruit. You know what I'm saying? University of Louisiana Monroe. I was at a division three school, Centenary College of Louisiana. We're playing against University of Louisiana Monroe. Division one, division three thinking, man, this is an opportunity to get your shine on. This is an opportunity to show everybody at Abilene that you deserve a spot on that team. You know what I'm saying? Point guard passes me to the ball on the right wing. I do an in and out dribble, left, right, and somewhere between that jump and this layup on this 6'8 Senegalian brother, Mm -hmm. the desire for basketball left me. I throw the ball to the other side of the court. My coach is looking at me like, what are you doing, captain? My point guard is looking at me like, why would you throw that turnover? We were within two possessions of the game. I take my shirt out of my jersey. I go to the bench and this desire to be up at 6 a.m. and at the gym before class starts, going to class, at practice for the full practice, then training after, all of that was gone. Mm -hmm. It evaporated. I didn't know where it had gone. E. And I truly believe it was God saying, all right, I gave you the opportunity. I gave you the opportunity to turn this good thing to me. But now I'm gonna take that good thing because I am a good God. Yeah. I didn't want to do it at all, and e, it took me three years after that instance to even be able to play basketball recreationally. Like I just started playing pickup again, and I used to love this game. Right. You know, I used to live this game, brother. Yeah, talk
1: so, to talk to our audience about that. Yeah, I, w- I went through something very similar yeah. where I made an idol out of a resource and forgot that God was the source. God says, "Okay, I'll just take that mm.
2: away."
1: Talk about that and then talk about how you responded and how you ended up truly being what I call a mighty man of God <laughs> Thanks, lined up Thank to you. <laughs> preach
2: the gospel. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I don't take those words lightly. I, I truly do receive that. I responded completely wrong. <laughs> I was, was like, uh, like yeah, they thought it was uh, bad at Abilene Christian. <laughs> like that, that usage of marijuana had trickled into cocaine usage. Okay. That dabbling with drinking had trickled into every weekend, multiple times a week, that um, hanging out in my girlfriend's room uh, from time to time turned into every night. Yeah. Um, this game of basketball that I was finding my my solace in yeah. was no longer the safe space. So I found a safe space in literally anything else okay. but God. And so then at the end of that season, we make it to the championship game. I don't play a single minute. Okay. I, I ended up posting a picture on on social media, oh, no. standing next to a house, and the, the the post it it had choice words that I'm not going to repeat on this show, but it was basically a a, a middle finger to the game of basketball. Me feeling like I've been doing, I've been faithful, I've yeah. been true. Yeah. What is going on? Yeah, we can get into genetic predisposition and, and actual yeah. ability, whatever you want. But if you're watching this show, I can probably give you buckets. Anyway, yeah. um. So it got to this point where after the season, I call my coach. This is March 12th, 20, 2018, March 12th, 2018. I call my coach. I tell him, hey, coach, I'm not going to play next year. This is weird for him because I'm a captain. You know, I'll be a rising senior. Yeah. He knows how hard I work at the game. Talent aside, how hard, just sheer effort. But he says these words, he's like, I, Regis, I know you will be successful at whatever else you do. You don't need basketball to, to flourish. I don't even know if Coach was a believer at the time. He was okay. a guy that encouraged the prayer before the game, but I never saw him pray on his own. So I don't know. So I'm don't not know. saying, I, okay. I, I, just, I just don't know. Um, two days later, my father has a life-threatening stroke that left him in a state of coma for 30 days. hypersomnia state for the next 30 days. So it's now been 60 days. Yeah. And then he went through physical therapy for another 30 days. And over the span of time, his brain has completely changed. His memory is off. He has a thing called intergrade amnesia where he can't, it was very difficult for him to encode new memories. And it was very difficult for me. I would I would venture to say one of the hardest times of my life because the thing that had been the solace for me was now taken off the seat of my heart, the drugs, and the drinking yeah. and the relationship with that girlfriend who things turn out good. She's not my wife. And then we, we the Lord turned <laughs> our lives around. Something good. But, that yeah, came like out I can, I can then we can go into that story if you want. But um it was a very dark and difficult time. And that dark and difficult time followed the reaching for anything but God. Did you reconcile?
1: How did you reconcile within yourself that? God may be allowing all of these circumstances, changes and question. challenges to move me to this new season and new anointing and yeah. new calling? That's a good
2: question. I'm gonna, we just gotta keep going through the story, my brother. Yeah. And so I, um, in that same span of time, I am now going into my senior year Yeah. without the sport that I felt was the vehicle of my life. And so I am now traveling from Shreveport to Dallas mm-hmm. on the weekends. So after class on Friday, I would come home, work for a moving company. And then so working Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yeah. Not easy work. This is the type of stuff that lets you know oh, get, yeah. your degree, get your degree, brother. Get your degree. Do do whatever you're called to do because yeah. you don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. And then I'm driving back Sunday nights. Mm-hmm. And I find myself in a in a debilitating depression yeah. throughout this time. A very functional depression, but a depression nonetheless. It's my second about with depression. Yeah. First time was in high school. And in the darkness, in the pit, Psalm 40 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit. Yeah. As I was reaching for anything but God, I found myself going to the proverb of the day. If today is the 27th, I would read Proverbs 27. The next day was the 28th. I would read Proverbs 28. And that desire of reading the proverb day Turned into, man, I need to hear more. And I found myself reading Mark. And I read Mark time and time again. I got through Mark 1 and Mark 2 and Mark 3 and Mark 4. When I got on Mark 4 in this year, from 2018 to 2019, I started seeing my story. And I saw it in a very weird way. I saw the disciples in a boat with a faithful God. A faithful God who appeared to be sleeping in the stern. And brother, I'll never forget it. As I'm reading that story, I'll cry out. God, why are you sleeping in my life? Why why have you allowed this thing that I worked so hard, so hard to attain, evaporate? Why are you closing all of these doors? After basketball, I was reaching to go OCS for the Navy, but I had broken my leg in high school and I had asthma growing up. So the job that I wanted for the Navy was not an option. Yeah. I start trying to apply for um, like PhD programs and I was talking with my advisor at school for psychology, which is my undergraduate, but mind you, I've been training over these summers to be a very talented basketball player. So as I'm training, I'm not doing research, Mm -hmm. door closed, door closed. So then when I get back, like when I get back home, I start applying to these different um, mental health hospitals that were looking for nursing candidates rather than psychological candidates. So the thing that the PhD programs told me to do, get experience. Yeah. I couldn't do because the people that were giving experience wanted nursing candidates. Yeah. Not psychology candidates. Door closed, door closed, door closed. Then I started working pharmaceutical sales. I figured, let's make some money quickly. Yeah. I lasted half of a day. I called my mentor, mm-hmm. Ryan Lonergan, asked him if he needed an intern. He said no. After a month of shadowing him without pay, yeah. he left to do some itinerant speaking and told me I had to host all of his sessions in anatomy and physiology, working out the body. Right. And so as I was working out the body of these athletes at Lake Highlands and at Highland Park and all of these different schools in the area, because Brian is a pretty prominent trainer in the area, yeah, they started asking Brian, hey, can we just come back and train us? And Brian had this surplus of athletes. So he's like, Absolutely, Regis can train. So after I've graduated from Centenary College of Louisiana, I've landed back in Dallas. I was working for the moving company. I'm reaching for this PhD program. I'm reaching to work in uh, a mental health. I'm reaching to work in pharmaceutical sales. God closes the door, closes the door, closes the door, closes the door. And it leads me to ministry. Regis, how does it lead you, lead you to ministry? Great question, Irvin. So I was asleep one day, November 16th. 2019, yeah. so I've now graduated college. And in this dream, I'm called to the front of the classroom. Mm-hmm. This professor calls me to the front of the classroom and says, how are you going to pay for this? Yeah, And I tell him it's covered. Mind you, Irvin, I'm working in the field of anatomy and physiology. I'm training athletes. Yeah. My undergraduate is in psychology and philosophy. Yeah, So with this undergrad undergraduate education, and in the vocation that I'm in, yeah, it would make sense, brother, for me to apply to SMU for anatomy physiology yeah. masters or UNT yeah. for exercise science. Yes. Yeah. Lo and behold, my <laughs> dumb self would apply to Dallas Theological Seminary oh, for a degree in theology. Man. Oh man, I don't know why. I just felt like the classroom Had that was burden. was there. It was at a seminary. Yeah. I'm reading the proverb of the day at that time. Yeah. Proverbs sixteen thirty three says, the lot is cast into the lap, but every decision is from the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's difficult for us to build our theology on one proverb. Yes. But if you see throughout the whole uh, chapter of Proverbs 16, it's about God ordering the steps of man. That's right. Putting the desire in the heart of man, but then ordering the steps. Psalm 37 verse four says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I thought what that meant in, in high school and in oh, college growing up did. was give God the token nod, Yeah. And, and then he'll give you everything else you want. You'll be in the flow. NBA. You'll have the supermodel wife, which I do. My wife is beautiful. Oh, yeah. I could not ask for, but he has done exceedingly and abundantly more than I could ask, think, or imagine with my wife. Amen. I love you. But- um that was a grace that was, I did not earn. Like, that was a grace. He always graces Oh my goodness. Always grace. Oh my his goodness. Oh my goodness. Back to the story. Um, so I read that proverb and I think, huh, that's weird. I put, that put that in my back pocket. Finish the application. Don't have the $75 yeah. to send off the application, let alone the, the $9,000 to go to school. And it costs. I don't have, yeah, I don't have $75. Five times that week, of November 16th on, five times that week of training, my athletes or the people that are there at that workout yeah, say, hey, have you ever thought about going to seminary? Like in this eerie way, like yeah. we train for 50 minutes. And yes, the, the training uh, facility that we were at was faith-based. It's an outreach ministry. And we work out for 50 minutes, but for the last five minutes of our workout, we would do what we're doing right now. Yeah, We would share the gospel or speak about a gospel-adjacent truth. And so Irvin, as I was... a uh, I was going through these workouts, five times in that week, people asked me, have you ever thought about going to seminary? Have you ever thought about being trained? Not for this 50 minutes of the workout. Workout was great. Have you ever thought about being trained to do the share at the end? Mm -hmm. Three months later, February, 2020, one of the parents of one of my athletes calls me for lunch having lunch at nick and sam's so you know it's, it's a nice lunch yeah, i've never been i've never been to nick and sam's yeah. before and uh this brother calls me in we sit down for lunch yeah and he asks me a question the question that he asked me is he says where do you see yourself in five years where do you see yourself in 10 years yeah I say man i don't know like because he knows my story
1: yeah
2: he knows navy nope phd nope Watch God shut you down. You know what I'm and saying? He time. knows. It and I'm like, are you throwing you this in way. my face? Yeah. You know my story. Yeah. And then he asks me another question. Have you ever thought about going to seminary? Looking and E, God. chills went down my spine. I was I was nervous. I, I honestly did this number right here. <laughs> You're looking around. I looked around. I looked around. Like you talk That's about the happened. fear of the Lord yeah. in Proverbs 9. Like I literally looked around. Yeah. I would and then been. I asked him, I asked him, have you spoken <laughs> to Brian? Have you spoken to Jesse B? Have you spoken to Amber Walker? Have you spoken to all of these people yeah. that had ministered into my life back yeah. in November? And he went off. Oh, I had not spoken to them in a minute. I haven't spoken to him. I haven't said anything. But when I was in service, Mm -hmm. Neil, our pastor at the time, said that we we should sow a seed of faithfulness into the present generation. No, sow a seed of diligence Mm -hmm. into the present generation so that the future generation can reap a harvest of righteousness. Oh,
1: that's good. And we're going to, this is so good. Got to. Do what you got to do. We got to put a pin in this one. Yeah.
0: But
2: do
1: not worry. We're going to do part two with my brother and my brother Regis. But we want you to give us a word of encouragement around um, the gift of doubting God. Because we, we're going to come back. But, but go ahead and bless our audience.
2: In James 1 we're called to count it all joy. And as I work as a trainer, it doesn't make sense to me when I have this huge weight in my hands and I can't lift it to say, yes, I'm so glad I get to carry this weight because the scripture in James says, count it all joy, not if, but when you face a myriad trials because the testing of your faith will leave you perfect not lacking anything. And that picture of the weightlifter and the trainer is that he's going to put more weight in my hand than I can bear. And when he does that, I might doubt in the moment that I can do it. But the confidence of what's hoped for, the assurance of what is unseen, will tell me that my God that is helping me carry this weight will help me get it up. And after I carry it, I'll look better than I did when I first put it in my hands. So friend, if you're listening right now, count it all joy when you face trials of many kinds, because the testing of your faith reduces perseverance.
1: There's nothing that I will or can add to that. Like, follow, share at FromBeerToTheBible.com. Join us next week for more <laughs> of My Brother and My Brother. We love you, but more importantly, God loves you more.
0: God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to this week's From Beer to the Bible. Make sure to tune in next week when Irvin and Sarah gift you with even more addiction recovery information. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And remember, we're always there for you.